New to the living healthy lifestyle or a healthy living veteran, this is your place for honest answers. Naturally Savvy with registered holistic nutritionist Andrea Donsky and health journalist Lisa Davis. Ah, women over 40. All right, we're in my demographic now (laughs) for many of our listeners. But even if you're not in that demographic yet, gals, uh, this is a very important show. We've got the wonderful Dr. Christine Horner, MD. We're going to be talking about four fatal mistakes women over 40 make. Dr. Horner, it's so great to have you back on Naturally Savvy. Thanks so much. It's, uh, It's really a pleasure to be back with you. You know what I love about these four fatal mistakes is they target different areas that are very, very crucial. Uh, Before we jump into them, tell us a a bit about yourself. Sure. So um, I'm a board-certified general surgeon as well as a board-certified plastic surgeon and worked for about a dozen years as a plastic surgeon. And uh, I was doing a lot of breast reconstructive surgery uh, during my practice. And uh, early on, I noticed that my patients were getting younger and younger. And finally, I was doing breast reconstruction on women in their 20s. And at that point, I was like, okay, something is wrong. And, you know, there's got to be something that women can do to help to lower the risk. So um, I went through the medical research. This was about 20 years ago, again. And um, and didn't have any idea what I was going to find because I thought, you know, pharmaceutical companies kind of were doing all the research. But I actually, I found thousands of studies showing exactly why we have a breast cancer epidemic and, and everything that we're doing to contribute to it and the things that we traditionally don't do in this culture that are highly protective. And they're all natural. So foods, supplements, herbs, and I mean, really pointing out that breast cancer, as well as every other kind of chronic disease that we have, is really a, a diet and lifestyle, you know, issue. And that if you you know, really clean up your diet and your lifestyle, you're going to dramatically lower your risk. In fact, the research shows about 95% of breast cancer uh, cases could be prevented just through diet and lifestyle changes. Hmm. Yeah, that's very true. So what are some of the strategies that you talk about in terms of women, you know, being able to, let's say, detoxify or keeping those, you know, we're exposed to chemicals on a regular basis, but what are some things that we can do to help keep our breasts on the cleaner side, I guess we should go we'll call it. <laughs> well, you know, again, this is kind of, you know, diet and lifestyle, but, you know, what I'm kind of addressing, you know, right now, too, is that there's other, you know, kinds of, you know, fatal mistakes that women after 40 actually make. So, you know, when we're in our 20s and in our 30s, we feel pretty invincible, but once you get to your 40s, um, what you do actually makes a really significant impact on your risk of developing future health problems. And most of the time in the 40s, this is a decade when women are at their busiest. You know, their their careers are kind of at their height, and, and they a lot of times have children at home, and so their health really gets put back on the back burner. So what we've discovered is that um, a lot of women uh, feel that heart disease actually is something that isn't much of a concern for them, that it's mostly a man's disease, but in fact, heart disease kills 10 times more women than breast cancer does. So it's, uh, the good news is, is this is, you know, one of those diseases, too, that's just easily preventable, and you can just simply make a few, you know, kind of uh, changes in your diet and lifestyle. So, you know, basically all the things that we know from the standard American diet, I mean, that's the thing that really promotes disease and promotes heart disease, so processed foods and sugars and, and uh, you know, things like the carbohydrates and so forth, those really increase your risk of developing 
you know, heart disease, whereas eating uh, mostly plants, so like organically grown fruits, vegetables, you know, whole grains, nuts, and seeds, those things really help to prevent any kind of disease, including heart disease. A little bit of exercise goes a really long way. And when I was looking at this research, I mean, it's almost laughable how much the uh, human body responds to so little if you, if you try to, you know, really give it something. So there was a study a couple of years ago that showed that people who jog for five minutes a day, that was it, like five minutes a day, it reduced the risk of cardiovascular disease by 48%. So like I said, just huge response. So the other thing that was really encouraging too is that it doesn't really matter if you, you know, sit down and do 30 minutes, let's say, of exercise all at one time or divide it up into little five-minute, you know, segments here and there. The physiological effect is exactly the same. So you can do things like, you know, so many, oftentimes people say, oh, I don't have time to exercise. But if you, like, take the stairs at work or you park, you know, far away from where you're going shopping and do brisk walking, you know, to get to the store and just think about kind of adding some little activity here and there, um, I mean, it's unbelievable the difference that it makes, you know, with it. Now, stress yeah, is another it sure thing. Is. Yeah, now stress is another thing that we know contributes to virtually every kind of disease, and including heart disease. And so, um, you know, I always recommend doing an effective stress-reducing technique. I personally practice transcendental meditation, tai chi, yoga, you know, um, and uh, qigong. You know, things like that are designed to be uh, exercises that you do to lower your stress, and it really works. I mean, basically, what these techniques do is to train your nervous system to not be so reactive. So then when stresses occur in your life, your cortisol levels, that stress hormone doesn't go up quite as high and it doesn't have as much of damaging effects with it. So it's kind of at the point where, you know, we're just under so much stress all the time that it, that it, to me it's really if you want to have optimal health, it's kind of like mandatory that you do one of these oh, effective totally. stress-reducing techniques um, every day. Yeah. And then I mentioned fine. at the beginning of the show that the four fatal mistakes that women over 40 make, I just want to point out this is the first one, which is neglecting heart health. Yeah. So it's neglecting so good that you're covering Neglecting heart health, that's this. right, yeah. Go yeah. ahead, Andrea. You know, one of the questions I had was, you know, what's the, what is the research behind flax seeds and breast health? Sure. So let me just finish with the, with the heart health, you know, thing, and then we can move on to that. But uh, so the, just to mention for heart health, um, and, and this we can correspond to breast health, but, um, you know, there's a few simple supplements that you can take that can make a really huge difference. And um, omega-3 fatty acids, which are high in flax seeds, the omega-3 fatty acids are actually considered the healthiest type of fat that we can consume. And, um, in fact, you know, we used to villainize fat, but now we realize that we actually need a lot of fat. And, and fat is kind of this macronutrient that our body uses in many different ways. Every cell membrane is made out of fat. Our brains are coated with fat. Our nerves are coated with fat. Our hormones are made out of fat. But it, you have to have the right type of fat. So the saturated animal fats and processed fats are things that are really bad for us. But omega-3 fatty acids are the, are the healthiest types of fats that we can consume. And so um, they found that omega-3 fatty acids also have many kind of health benefits and directly kind of fighting various different diseases. So it has some certain certain things that it does that directly protects your heart from heart disease and, and lowers your risk of developing that. And it also lowers your risk of um, inflammatory types of diseases like arthritis, dementia, and it even lowers your risk of developing breast cancer, prostate cancer, colon That's cancer. Awesome. And, 
And it has many kind of anti-cancer effects that prevent the tumors from spreading to other areas of the body and, and, and so forth. So um, it's really important for people to take omega-3 fatty acid supplements because the research shows that um, it's almost impossible to get enough of it in your diet alone. Um, so you definitely want to and take And our bodies don't make it. No, and, and I also recommend checking your, your levels. So there's, there's actually a website where you can order a kit. You don't even have to go to a doctor's office for this. So it's called nutrientpower.org. And you can order this kit that comes to your house and has instructions. But basically, you're pricking your finger, put a little dot of blood on a piece of paper, and send it in. And then they can tell you what your, it's called a omega-3 fatty acid index. And you want a, mm-hmm. a score of 8% or higher on that. But it's a good idea to check it out because I've had friends that have done that. And then they've been kind of surprised, you know, because they're taking omega-3 fatty acid supplements. And they're surprised that their levels aren't as high as they thought they were. So sometimes you need more than what you think think you do. Yeah. No, no, definitely fish oil and omega-3s are very important, DHA, EPA, so and they both help different things. All right, so let's move on. I just want you to answer the breast, question, breast um, flaxseed question for breast health, and then let's move on to number two, which sure, is the menopause. Sure. Okay. Yeah, so flaxseeds are actually considered the most um, potent food in helping to lower your risk of developing breast cancer and also helping you to fight it. And the reason is, is that it's the only food that they have identified that actually interrupts every single step in the estrogen pathway that occurs in, in, the, in the body. And uh, so it's got about 12 different anti-cancer properties to it in the form of something called lignans. So lignans are help to give structure to the cell wall and stiffness to it, but they found about 12 different anti-cancer properties to it. Um, and, uh, and then also it's high in omega-3 fatty acids, you know, that we just talked about. And it's also got fiber in it, which fiber binds excess amounts of estrogen that your body mm. produces and helps to eliminate that. So there's many different ways in which it helps to lower your risk of developing breast cancer. And I think it's an excellent thing to take. The recommended dose is three to four tablespoons ground up. You have to grind it in a coffee grinder into this fine powder. Uh, and then you can add it to, you know, any kind of foods and smoothies and, you know. Is it just it the flax seeds or flax oil as well? Flax seeds. So you, it, it's always recommended that you take, in addition to the flax seeds, you also take an omega-3 fatty acid supplement, which could be flax oil. And that's because, um, we still, even if you ate three to four tablespoons of flax seeds, you wouldn't get enough omega-3 fatty acids that you would need on a daily basis. So um, oh, you want to do it in addition to that. Okay, cool. All right, so let's move on sure. to number two, which is menopause. So what is the mistake sure. that women make around menopause? Well, there's kind of an interesting phenomenon that's occurring in the U.S. Uh, right now, which is that the age of puberty is actually getting younger and younger and uh, the average age of puberty is now about 10, where around the world it's Ooh, about young. 16 to 17. And there's a oh, number wow. of health problems that can come by starting going through puberty too early. And one of them is it increases your risk of developing breast cancer. And another one is that now we, we just uh, identified this uh, issue where women who are uh, who go through this early puberty, like later in life, they actually are going through early menopause. So it's wow. not uncommon for women in their late 30s or in their 40s to start developing menopausal symptoms, and kind of the classic ones are hot flashes, mood swings, night sweats, kind of sleep disturbances, and those can start to kick up earlier than you think. And um, I was a you know former breast surgeon, um, and so I know you know that the hormone replacement therapy that you know we normally just kind of gave out to everybody, you know, is a fountain of youth, but you know it was determined that. 
it's got a lot of health problems associated with with it potentially from an increased risk of breast cancer, uterine cancer, blood clots, even increasing heart disease. So to me, it's like don't run to your OBGYN and get yourself on hormone replacement therapy uh, right away because menopause symptoms are something that can be easily treated naturally too or in a safe way. So generally speaking, we say, okay, your body um, starts to have these symptoms and it generally comes from imbalances, which are kind of poor choices in diet and lifestyle. So I, I work with women, you know, who are starting to have these menopausal symptoms and we look at everything about their diet and lifestyle and then I can point out and say, okay, here's the one thing that you're doing, you know, that I think is going to make the biggest difference. And oftentimes it can be that women are staying up too late at night. The ideal times to go to sleep are 10 o'clock, before 10 o'clock, and getting up before 6 o'clock. And what they found is that we have these hormonal fluctuations throughout the day and throughout the night. Those hormones are not just like estrogen and progesterone, but also the sleep hormone, melatonin, insulin, which, you know, the hormone that helps glucose get into the cells, cortisol are stress hormones. So all these things are interrelated, and they have times that they fluctuate throughout the day and throughout the night. If you go to bed before 10 o'clock and get up before 6 o'clock, those hormonal fluctuations are optimal. If you stay up after that, then they're not. And so they've actually discovered that people who stay up midnight on a regular basis have such severe hormonal imbalances that occur that their risk of heart disease, diabetes, obesity, and certain cancers like breast and prostate cancer, well, affecting men, of course, um, that it almost doubles. So wow. it's, that's how important it is to go to bed before 10 o'clock. And when I've worked with women where, you know, they're, they're one of the ones that are staying up to midnight or so, and I say, all right, let's back it up, you know, 15 minutes every week until you're finally going to bed before 10 o'clock, and lo and behold, their hot flashes go away because you start to induce balance, you know, into the body. Now, the other thing is, is that if there are women who definitely need help, you know, in addition to that during the transition phase of getting their, you know, body into balance. And again, instead of choosing hormone replacement therapy, the fortunate thing is, is that there's a number of plant-based remedies that we've got great research on that shows that they really work. So um, the first one is one I uh, just was introduced to about a year ago or so, um, and it's called Relizin, R-E-L-I-Z. It comes from Sweden. It's made from like yellow daisy looking flowers and kind of discovered by accident. But they found that it's highly effective for all the normal um, symptoms that you get with menopause, like hot flashes and mood swings and so forth. And so now it's actually the number one hot flash formula in France. Came to this country about three years ago. The thing I was really impressed with is that they um, have studied it with the same rigor that you would do with a pharmaceutical medication, with double-blinded, placebo-controlled studies in university settings, you know, documenting that it is absolutely highly effective. And most importantly, too, is that when they compared it against the placebo, it doesn't have any side effects to it. So perfectly oh, safe. Great. And there's thousands of OB, OBGYNs in this country that are now recommending it, thank goodness. Um, so, and sorry, then, what did you uh, say it was made from? It was a yellow flower, you say? Yeah, yellow flowers. So there's a mix of these different yellow flowers that look like daisies, you know, from uh, that grew in Sweden, yeah. Now, uh, if you look at, you know, virtually every culture that we've had on the planet for thousands of years, these ancient cultures have all used, you know, different plant-type remedies, you know, for menopause and flaxseed we talked about. Um, those are actually really hormonally balancing, too, and they help not only with menopause but also with PMS symptoms. Um, maca, which is a superfood uh, that we recognize now that helps with energy and all sorts of stuff, uh, comes from South America. That also is hormonally balancing without 
any side effects to it. And then uh, black cohosh is actually something that was used by the Native Americans, you know, here in this country. And uh, that's got, uh, again, really great research on it and, and shows that it doesn't work hormonally, so it's safe for people that have had breast cancer, too. It is safe, you're saying. Oh, yeah, no, it's uh, black uh-huh. cohosh. And there, I think there are different types of black cohosh, but I know there's also right. um, some homeopathic remedies that are good as well. So I, I think the key for, so I guess then what would the mistake be? You're, you're saying the mistake would be for women to take HRT? <laughs> mismanaging mismanaging okay. menopause. Yeah, I just think it's always good. It's like, okay, this is the time to revamp your diet and your lifestyle and, you know, get back on track because your body, when you're having symptoms, it's because you have imbalances and your body's talking to you, your inner healing intelligence and telling you you're doing things she doesn't like, right? So you want to do that and then, again, choose, you know, there's some of these plant-based remedies that are safe and effective rather than going to hormone replacement therapy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right, and so then, the last two are, yeah. time is going quick, is I want to make sure we get, these are so important. Uh, number three is weight gain acceptance. And number four is not loving yourself. These are four fatal mistakes women over 40 make. So, yeah. uh, you know, I've noticed changes in my body since uh, mm-hmm. I, I kind of, slammed into menopause. I had to have a total hysterectomy in June because uh-huh. I had a fibroid, a cantaloupe-sized uh-huh. fibroid pushing on right. my bladder. And uh, I haven't noticed much weight gain, but I noticed that if I don't work out a lot, things tend to go south <laughs> pretty quickly. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, right? Well, so no, so no, I think it's, it's yeah. I, isn't some, it, it's like, it's weird. It's like you, you, you don't want to just accept it and be like, okay, I'm just, you know, I'm middle-aged, I'm just going to get fat and that's it. But you also right. want to love yourself and be patient with yourself too, right? <laughs> I mean, there has to be like a balance between that, if that makes sense. Right. Well, the thing is, is that, you know, we do, we do have this thing where it's like, oh, I'm middle-aged, who cares? I got some more, you know, fat on my abdomen. But the truth of yeah. it is, is that we're now recognizing that even if you gain 10 pounds, which, you know, the scheme of things doesn't seem like that much, or get, you know, more percentage of belly fat in particular, because belly fat is considered metabolically active, meaning that it's making inflammatory markers and, you know, proteins and hormones and that kind of thing. They found even a little bit. So let's say, you know, 5% belly fat, more 10 pounds, it statistically significantly increases your risk of developing diabetes, heart disease, I mean, all sorts of things. So it's actually not a safe thing. And if you make some, you know, just um, simple adjustments, you can easily keep your weight down. Now, we know that your metabolism does go down a little bit as you get older, but all that means is, is like, okay, just look at your sources of calories. If you're finding that, you know, you're like really packing on the calories in, in certain areas, like these coffee drinks, for instance, you know, and this time of year, it's like that pumpkin little spice latte, whatever, <laughs> whipped cream. Or, <laughs> but you can switch it out to just do regular coffee and not put in any, you know, additional calories in it. Um, and then, uh, and, and of course, the more plants you eat, the better it is. So just, you know, keep kind of looking, all right, where am I? doing some empty calories or a lot of calories and switching it out for healthier plants and then adding some more exercise. I mean, so again, you can just kind of look throughout the day, where can I add just a little bit more to, and, uh, and then, you know, that makes it a lot easier to keep your, your weight down, but just really understanding the importance of it is that, you know, research shows us it's like, even if you gain 10 pounds, it's like, that's something that can increase your risk of diabetes by as much as 30%. So it's actually important to be in that ideal, you know, weight thing. And then as far as loving yourself, um, you know, the, the interesting mm-hmm. thing with research is, uh, too, is showing us that of all the things that affect our health, uh, more than diet, more than smoking, and more than genetics, 
that's actually our emotions, and particularly the emotion of feeling loved and supported. So that's kind of the number one predictor of health, survival, longevity, is Mm -hmm. feeling loved and supported. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, it's like, well, you know, we live with ourselves, right, 24-7, and women have a tendency to just constantly be criticizing themselves. I mean, we've seen this in research, too, where it's like, you know, you look at yourself in the mirror, the first thing you're doing is saying negative things to yourself. Well, every thought that you think actually produces chemicals in your body that that are biologically active, so they affect your immune system, they affect how your DNA is read, and so when you have negative chemicals like that that are produced from your negative thoughts, then it actually depresses your immune system and and can accelerate aging and, you know, actually activate genes that that help to promote the growth of cancers and so forth. So it's real important to just have that awareness. If you catch yourself, stop it. And then, you know, and instead just get into a habit of complimenting yourself and doing kind things for yourself. And then you, you know, draw people into your life that are going to be treating you uh, well, too. And, and again, that's where, you know, having this whole system of feeling loved and supported is the most important influencer on your health, you know, even more than diet. Yeah. So it's super important. Yeah. That is really important. You know, it's interesting what you said about the belly fat. I tend to gain fat more in my thighs, so I'm not going to stress out as much. I'm still going to, I mean, I eat really clean. I exercise. I don't eat any, I don't drink drinks with all that stuff, that junk you mentioned. Um, But I'm just saying, I I just feel like women, we beat ourselves up so much. So I'm glad that you differentiated about, you know, where you gain your fat, because I'm not going to try to look like I'm 25 at 50, right? And that's, I think that a lot of women try to do that. Do you know what I mean, Andrea? It's kind of like, there's just like a little bit Mm. of fat here and there, and you're like, like flipping out. So I'm trying to be kind. I'm trying to be kinder is what I'm trying. That's what I meant about kinder to yourself. Exactly. No, I think that's very important to be kind to ourselves. And I used to fall into that trap of, you know, getting down on myself and being hard on myself. But yeah, absolutely. It's being kinder to ourselves. And also, I think to that note is also finding the right lifestyle and diet that works for you. So, you know, Lisa, I know that you've been very much following a paleo lifestyle for a long time or keto lifestyle. And I just had some genetic testing done that basically told me that genetically I can't even eat starch. So what's interesting is I removed starch from my diet and I'm feeling so much better and I lost so much weight. So I think it's also, you know, when you do the same thing over and over again and don't change anything, then you kind of get into this rut where maybe you don't feel so good about yourself, but maybe it's trying different things, doing different things that kind of open up your eyes to be like, oh, wow, okay. And now it's kind of shaking your body to do something different that can actually, you know, that makes some changes, right? That maybe your Uh body, you weren't aware of before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a really great example, you know, that you gave too. And I mean, we're really fortunate now that we have all this uh, genetic testing, you know, that we can do as far as how our, you know, the different genes that we have. So it does give us a lot of information about how you are unique. And, you know, there is no cookbook, you know, kind of thing here other than the generalizations (laughs) of eating, you know, good plants. But, um, you know, it can get very specific, you know, like you said, as far as even doing grains. I mean, some people have a really hard time with that. And, a lot of times you may not even be aware of that, you know, until you get the testing done. But making some of those shifts, it's like then your body, you know, just works so much better, uh, you know, doing that. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. So, Dr. Horner, where can people learn more about you if they wanted to, you know, ask you questions or just do, look at some of the research and some of the work that you've done? Sure. So, on my website, which is uh, com. That's D-R-C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-H-O-R-N-E-R.com. 
I have a free newsletter that you can sign up for. I also have my own radio show called The Radiant Health Show, so I've got some links, you know, to past shows on that. They're all posted. Um, I also offer telephone consultations for people that are interested kind of as a health coach to help them with their uh, diet and lifestyle. And also uh, one of my passions is really helping women who are newly diagnosed with breast cancer to do an integrative approach because that's when we get the very best results with that. Um, and then I have a couple of books, and both of them won National Book Awards for the best book of the health book of the year. So uh, the first one is called Waking the Warrior Goddess, and that's everything that you need to know to help to lower your risk of developing breast cancer or more successfully fight it. And my most recent book, Radiant Health, Ageless Beauty, which is uh, basically your guidebook about everything you need to know in order to achieve extraordinary health and longevity. I think that's terrific. And our sponsor for today's show is Nature Care, and they make feminine hygiene products like tampons and pads for women, and they truly care about women's health. So if you want to make healthier choices, please visit naturecare.com, and you can read all about them and the products that they do manufacture for us women and our health. So fantastic. All right. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Horner. Thank you for being on Naturally Savvy Radio. I'm Andrea Donsky, along with Lisa Davis, and you're listening to Naturally Savvy Podcast. Like us on all social media at Naturally Savvy, at Andrea Donsky, at Radio MD, and at Health Media Gal One. Thanks for listening, everyone. Stay well.